0: Hello and welcome to our Secular Overeaters podcast series, where you'll hear from speakers who have found recovery from food and other addictions without God. For additional information, go to secularovereaters.org. And now let's get to today's podcast. The purpose of
1: this group is to discuss the 12 steps, one at each meeting, and to share our personal experience with the step or anything related to the theme of this step. Many of us are inspired by the 12-step approach, but some find that the original language and concepts don't align with our personal beliefs. During this meeting, we will read several different interpretations of the steps and discuss, as the varied individuals we are, what makes sense to us and what helps our recovery. As always, please take what you like and leave the rest. We're going to start by reading the Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Please take a turn reading a step or two and say, pass when you're finished. I will call on hands in the order raised. Who would like to read
2: for us? Well, I'll just start since I'm unmuted. Uh, Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps for Overeaters. Step one, we admitted we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe and to accept that we needed strengths beyond our awareness and resources to restore us to sanity. Pass. Thanks, Jenny.
3: Karen? Step three, made a decision to entrust our will and our lives to the care of the collective wisdom and resources of those who have searched before us. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, Yes.
1: Thank you, Karen and Judy.
4: Step five, admitted to ourselves without reservation and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, We're ready to accept help in letting go of all our defects of character. Pass. Thank you. Okay,
1: I'll take a couple. With humility and openness, sought to eliminate our shortcomings. And step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Pass. Beth. Step nine. May direct commands to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory. When we were wrong properly, minute it pass. Thank you, Beth. Carolina.
0: Thought through meditation to improve our spiritual awareness and our understanding of the OA way of life and to discover the power to carry out that way of life. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message of compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
1: Thank you very much. Now this month, we will be starting step six. We'll be reading eight versions of this step. The OA traditional, free thinker, Buddhist, Cleveland atheist, humanist, practical, proactive, and SOS, secular organization for sobriety. These, re- these sources can be found in the literature and the websites listed in the chat and on the handout. So if you would, go ahead and take a turn reading a version of the step and say, pass when you're finished. And once again, I will call on you in the order you raise your hands. Jenny, your first step.
2: Step six versions. The OA principle of step six is willingness. The traditional OA step is we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Pass. And Kevin, you were next.
0: We're ready to accept help in
5: letting go of all our defects of character. Buddhists became entirely ready to work at transforming ourselves. Pass.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Dawn.
6: Cleveland. Be entirely ready to acknowledge our abiding strength and release our personal shortcomings. Humanist, we are ready to accept the help they give us. Pass. Thank you. And Kate.
1: Practical, made a list of our unhealthy character, character traits. Proactive, I understand how these patterns have been ways of
7: coping with my fears. Path. Thanks. Hi, Melissa. SOS, I focus on healing, abolishing, self-blame, and shame, and understanding the boundaries of my responsibilities. I remain open to the help and support of others as I address the, challenges, the challenge of change. Okay, thank you, Melissa. We're now open for discussion about the steps.
1: What does step six mean to you? And what are your impressions of the different versions we just read? So we're going to start with everybody who doesn't mind being recorded, who'd like to start us off on talking about our step six.
7: Melissa. Okay. Hi, everybody. Melissa, um, an emotional overeater and sugar addict. So I like a little bit of all of these. Um, I never was one to think that uh, God would take away my character defects or my overeating. Um, And if there was a God who could do that, I would much rather that entity do something else in the world. Um, But what I really like about some of these steps is that, um, for the free thinkers, we're ready to accept help in letting go. I really liked that because it's hard for me to let go. I feel really like in my life, I've had to control a lot of things to be successful. And so I can't control the eating. And so letting go does really help with that. Um, and then thinking of them as uh, character what do you, uh, defaults or ways of coping with my fears in the proactive. I understand how these patterns have been ways of coping with my fears. That has been incredibly helpful to um, really acknowledge my habits that have gotten me into so much trouble and to thank them for helping me when I needed the help and then kindly saying goodbye to them, um, that they are no longer helpful to me. But being able to um, say goodbye has been really hard and trying to figure out where the patterns are so deeply ingrained that I don't even notice them or that I can't say goodbye or have a really hard time saying goodbye, that has been um, helpful to look at the patterns. And then overall, I just really love the SOS, um, focus on healing. Um, instead of self-blame and shame. And I pass, thanks. Thank you, Melissa. Judy.
4: Hello everyone. Uh, Judy, sugar addict and compulsive habitual (laughs) overeater. And um, I am working the steps from the practical. So um, I did the made a list of our unhealthy character traits. But I am looking at this, and I say this every month, that I always love the SOS because I never believe in using one word when 10 will do. So I always love the length and, and the um, depth that, that SOS gets to. Uh, but what absolutely struck me this month, um, in hindsight, is 2020, uh, is the Buddhist. Because I keep talking about where I stand, this became entirely ready to work at transforming ourselves. And, you know, I haven't had enough physical transformation yet to make me happy, but I have absolute faith it will come. On the other hand, uh, my emotional and even mental transformation since I started this program has been amazing. And I've said this all the time is I feel like I've lost the weight because so much emotional weight has been lifted from me as I've worked through these steps. Uh, so if I had realized that that was the case, I would have been like, you know what, that Buddhist absolutely speaks to me because that's what I was entirely ready to work at transforming myself. Um, and that was part of even just coming here doing the first step and going into a meeting. Um, but uh, that's what you're doing here is transforming yourself. So keep that in mind. And, uh, and with that, I will pass.
1: Thank you,
8: Judy. Jill, you're up next. Well, I also um, really related to the Buddhist step at being entirely ready to transforming ourselves. And the reason why this really struck me is it seems like in working the steps up until now, it's almost like everything's just coming out and we're saying these, this is, these are all my problems. These are all my defects and everything is just get it all out and tell somebody and admit to everything. But this step to me is very important because there's a lot of character. If you want to call them character defects, I don't really like that phrase, but I, um, Uh, patterns that we've had all our life, or I've had all my life, um, that are part of why I overeat. And uh, some of them are things that that I almost feel are part of me. Um, And I don't necessarily want to change everything. And so this step in really saying, okay, now I know and I've shared everything about me, now I have to be ready to make a change in that pattern. And um, so I think this, even though in some ways it seems like a very easy step, I think it's probably, for me, it's one of the hardest of just being ready to make that change in what I do every day.
9: So with that, I pass. Thank you, Jill. Aisha, you're up next. Good morning. Good afternoon. Actually, um, my name is Ayesha, compulsive overeater, uh, returning newcomer, and um, happy to be in this space. I um, read um, the the steps, and specifically this one, and it really um, similar uh, the Buddhist um, step really resonated with me um, um, because it was. That's what actually led me back, um, back here into these rooms, and grateful to finding the secular rooms in terms of being willing to to transform, um, and that that for me it also I think gives um, uh, agency, which is very important. Um, um, that that and 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 names it it creates a space for me to name like what am i willing to do um i also appreciated the the um ma- i like <clears throat> making a list of unhealthy uh, the um practical <clears throat> making unhealthy uh character traits just kind of looking at those the lists and then i think that for me it kind of goes hand or is in a cyclical dance, if you will, with becoming ready to work at transforming ourselves. So it's like, I can look at the traits and then I can be like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to do this work. Um, and the SOS definitely, um, because I, I feel like um, shame and self-blame is just has been a very unhealthy cycle for me, um, that has supported my my um, <clears throat> my my eating, have my poor my unhealthy eating habits, and so it, rather to put the onus on focus on healing, um, and not kind of the blame and shame and looking to some other omnipotent power or something that it just really um, I think supports supports my abstinence. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Aishka. I'll take a turn here for a minute or
1: so. Kathy compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. Uh, many of these steps speak to me with the exception of the traditional OA one, which screams at me instead of uh, helps me out at all. Um, I, I don't like the term defects of character. Um, these behaviors that that we have adopted were coping mechanisms to get us through terrible times. and. I don't like to think of them as defects. They certainly aren't helping us now, that's for sure, because that's why we're all here. But we needed them at one time and they helped us at one time. And so I'm grateful that they were here. Um, I am right there with the Buddhist one because I am entirely ready to work at transforming myself. I did not like being a slave to food. I did not like uh, being 100 pounds more than I should be. I did not like my life and my behaviors. So I was very willing to work at that. And um, I'd always been very stubborn about accepting help because I am, of course, superwoman and can do everything by myself. And um, the fact that I was absolutely ready to accept the help was one of those transformations that okay, it's not only okay that I need help with this, it's good that I need help with this. So that was wonderful. And the proactive, I understand how these patterns have been ways of coping with my fears. Oh, yeah, food soothing, you're scared about something, eat it. You're, you know, afraid to go out and do something, eat over it. So and I also want to get rid of all the self-blame and shame so i'm right there with the sos one too thanks jenny you are next
2: hi jenny sugar addict and compulsive overeater um like many of you have said i like so many parts of all of these except for the traditional where you know it's like boom, okay puff, your defects are gone um but I do like the OA principle of willingness. I just feel like it's very, you know, precise, concise. And I, when I'm listening to, to these and thinking about these, I just think back about my first, you know, coming into my first meeting and how scary that was. And that was about willingness. And it was about all of these things, you know, ready to work, to transform myself, like, you know, ready to, um, to change. And, uh, so even though that was focusing when I first came in on food, I feel like step six now is focusing more on, you know, these character defaults that they mention. Um, I'm reading uh, a woman's way through the 12 steps by Stephanie Covington. And I think there's some interpretations of hers we're going to talk about later, but I'm doing that with a sponsee and it's a little like outdated. It's like 30 years old, but, um, she had this one line about step six, we were just reading this is it was more painful to stay in the old pattern than it was to risk something new and unknown. And I just really feel like that's kind of sums up step six for me. Um, Just that pain of like, where you it's just so awful that you really have to do something different. And I feel like that for me brought on willingness and it's brought on willingness to change my character defaults past.
1: Thank you, Jenny. Dawn, you're next, and then Peggy.
6: Hi, I'm Dawn. I'm a compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Um, I really like the the Buddhist transforming. Um, I'm I'm deep into six right now. Um, and the proactive, the, the understanding the patterns and the ways of coping with my fear. Yeah, much of it stems back to fears. And I really like the SOS Um I don't consider them defects of character and um, the, the abolishing the self blame and the shame and um, understanding the boundaries of my responsibilities. That's, that is so huge in understanding these or starting to clear, have a clearer vision of these and understanding of these ways that I've, I've um, behaved in attempts to, to, um, manage such, such, um, conflicting emotion because I couldn't, I just was so confused and couldn't figure things out why everything was hurting so much. And, uh, specifically my interactions with hu- other human beings. <laughs> um, I read something in the daily this morning that is so in line with this, it takes time to articulate our true values and to bring our behavior in line with those values. And that's, that's um, where, that's how I understand this, these boundaries of where I end and others begin, which was so messed up before. And I'm starting to gain some clarity there about, you know, what are the values that, that I have that are, are so conflicted and I don't know what to do about them. Um, And also the, the part about, um, I remain open to help and support of others, because I always think that I'm I'm pretty good at seeing other people's issues, and I could probably help them with that, but very, very blind to my own, and that's where I'd like to um, continue to transform in a way that opens me to um, others sharing how I land so that I, I can gain more insight there. And I was thinking about, um, I think of it more as, you know, skill building. I have the luxury of having reco- recovered, a recovery in a different program in my mid to late 20s. And I remember that transformation and how long it took and how uncomfortable it was. And I'm in that place where I'm stepping out of the past behaviors and haven't quite landed in the future it's an interesting place to be, but I'm feeling more aligned every day yeah, through this program. So thank you. With that, I shall pass. Thank you, Don. Peggy.
10: Hello. Um, I think a, a lot of my thoughts will echo things that have already been said, but I, um, I really like the proactive and the SOS because they have that element of looking at what's driving um, whatever... Um, I don't really like like others. I don't really like the term "defects of character." Kind of think of them as defense mechanisms or patterns that you know uh, occur in response to just what's going on in your life and your past. And so I really like the ones that that do kind of recognize the the need for healing and all of the difficult emotions or fears that you might have to um, to um, that, that have led to to whatever your problems are. Um, And then I also like the last part of the SOS one about um, just being open to help and support. And that gets back to that willingness. I think that can be really hard to do because it does take a lot of, you know, trusting of people. And and so I think it it is important to, to kind of consciously take that step. So
0: anyways, I pass. Thank you, Peggy. Carolina and then Wendy. Hi, my name is Carolina and I'm a compulsive overeater. Well, usually I have trouble deciding um, which one of the steps, um, or at least the interpretation of the steps, I like most because they're so similar and they all um, like highlight one specific aspect of it. But I think today it's the humanist one. We are ready to accept the help, the, the help they give us because it's um, very short straight to the point um gets rid of all the um psychological decoration (laughs) which i sometimes um yeah don't really have uh, patience for and so today i think it's um definitely the humanist one and um and i think the traditional oa one um with having God remove defects of character, I'm like, I don't, I think it sends the wrong message or like, I, I, I don't know, like if you, if you wait for some higher entity to do something for you, how, how you can ever progress. And uh, it's funny. It's actually, um, I saw it a couple of weeks ago in my hometown meeting, it's a traditional OA meeting, and uh, one of our fellows actually said, well, you know, like, I've been in OA for almost three years, and nothing has changed, so um, no, no no one has removed my uh, defects of character, and I'm not sure if OA is for me, and I thought to myself, oh, I'm so glad, you know, uh, feedback and crosstalk is discouraged, <laughs> but um, I did uh, go up to her after the meeting and um, yeah. And so, um, and with the transformation, I think is also really important. And I think it's, uh, there is even a phrase, I don't know, I don't remember where I read it. Um, it's definitely, uh, it's a, it was definitely on um, fiction, a fiction book where someone said, well, you know, like, if you continue doing this and that, um, I will knock you into the middle of next week. And it just stayed with me because I have never heard that before. And then I thought, well, yeah, I think if, you know, w- without going through the the process of, you know, like, whatever it is, you will, you will have to have uh, un- accomplished, like, externally or internally by the middle of next week. Um, it probably would be quite scary if you just found yourself, you know, like in the middle of next week. So, um, so yeah, that's what came to me when I read transformation and how important it really is. So with that, I pass.
1: Thank you, Carolina. Wendy.
5: Good morning. This is Wendy compulsive overeater. Um, I want to share with you. I'm at the, just about finishing the, um, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts by Gabor Mate, which is a really wonderful book and so fascinating. And I just can't stand this phrase, defects of character. I don't like feeling defective. I mean, it just, I just shut down right there. Like I I don't, you know, I don't wanna have to be that. So um, talking about addiction and, you know fewer dopamine receptors in our brains and for me, that kind of takes the responsibility off of me like it's not just that i'm not trying hard enough it's that my brain works this way and so it's not well in a way it's absolving me of responsibility but it means it doesn't mean i'm just not working hard enough and the old the cliche i'm sure you've all heard but it, works for me is going shopping for Kiwis at the shoe store. And if you're not finding Kiwis, you just keep looking harder and harder and trying harder and harder. And finally you'll find the Kiwis and you have to go to a different store where they have Kiwis, not just keep trying the same thing, only harder. So I am, um, that's where I am. i just like trying to completely shift and not just keep trying harder and harder at the same thing. This is super helpful. And uh, that's all I have to say today. Thank you.
1: We will now take turns reading different authors' insights on step two, sorry, keep reading from the script. Step six, my apologies. And then we'll share our thoughts. Cindy, I believe you were first. So go ahead.
3: Alan Berger, we experience the pain of what we have done to hurt ourselves and others and we begin to understand and envelop insight into our behavioral patterns and the psychological function of our character defects past.
1: Thank you, Cindy. Karen, you're next.
3: Hi, Martha Cleveland. We are entirely ready when we stop using shortcomings to quiet fear and anxiety, and instead we use our strength to accept our fright and to reach for a spiritual help. Jenny, you're
2: next. Stephanie Covington. In this step, we become willing to be open to changes, willing to let go of habits or traits that cause our lives to be unbalanced. We become open to a deeper knowing and a clearer vision. Pass.
6: Thank
1: you, Jenny.
2: Dawn.
6: Gabor Mate. We accept that our missteps and our lack of integrity do not represent who we really are and commit to let go of these tendencies as they continue to arise in the future, for they surely will pass.
9: Thank you, Don. Aisha. Therese Jacob Stewart. The Eastern view is that defects of character are rooted in confusion based on deluded ideas about ourselves and others. Mindfulness practice develops the clarity to cut through our confusion, getting to the root of it. Once we become aware of a delusion, its spell is broken. Thank you.
10: Peggy, you wanna take that last one? Sure. Um, Serge Prengel. in step six, you are getting more in touch with the intensity of emotion involved in these patterns. Emotions are what move us to action. Sometimes we are conscious conscious of them, much of the time we are not. You have to understand how these so-called defects are an attempt to cope with something that feels overwhelming. It is impossible for you to replace them with something else that fulfills the same function, but works better and has fewer side effects.
1: Thank you, everybody who read. We're now open for discussion. So who wants to start us off discussing how they feel about these interpretations? Okay, Jill, thank you.
8: Um, well, I'll start it off by saying I really like um, Gabor Monté because um, especially since we all seem to have a reaction to this defects of character. And I like the fact that he seems to, through this statement, seems to say that we all have a wholeness in us. And when we we have a misstep, um, that's not who we are. And I really like that. Um, And it doesn't represent who we are. And the other thing I love about this is it's going to come up again. And we all know that too, is we can't just correct it and it's over and we're done with it is we know that we have these tendencies and we know that it's going to pop up so we can kind of be okay with that, be okay with that knowledge that we're not going to be perfect. So that's the one that really speaks to me. Thank you, Jill. Dawn, you are
1: next. Thank you.
6: Hello again. Um, I really like the Gabor stuff too. The, um, when he talks about the missteps, um, it makes me think of dancing and uh, um, stepping on somebody's toes or tripping a little bit. But you got to keep dancing because this is, this is the dance of life. And I really, really like the, the Eastern View, Teresa Jacob Stewart's. Uh, I talked a bit before about how confused I was and deluded um and the how the mindfulness the mindfulness has been a big part of my recovery and it is that cutting through the confusion people that I used to you know my my nervous system just got its hackles up like crazy I mean these are People acting out in quite threatening ways. And I, w- I would react to that. And I've been guilty of the same way, of the same kind of actions. But when I start to see it in myself and see it in others, it, um, the spell's broken. I'm no longer afraid in the same way. And I'm able to respond, recognizing my own fear, recognizing their fear and just these um, missteps in trying to um keep ourselves safe so i like that the part about the spell being broken it, it, it yeah just the clarity is, is lovely thank you
1: thank you dawn judy and then karen
4: hi uh still judy still a sugar addict etc <laughs> so um I like what Martha Cleveland has to say. I don't like the word shortcomings because it's along the lines of defects, but this is exactly it. We have been working to quiet our fear and anxiety. And so this behavior has helped us to do it. And now we are finding the strength to accept that we've been afraid, to accept that we have had this misunderstanding and to look for help. Um, So I really appreciate what what Martha Cleveland is saying there but I also too really like um, Therese Jacob Stewart because one of the things that we are realizing at least I am and I'm hearing from a lot of other um, people in the program is that our disease lies to us it just lies like mad it tells us we have to have this food it tells us that you know we're 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 not wanted we 're unattractive, whatever it is that will make us want to give in to the disease it is telling us those are those diluted ideas, and we can use mindfulness, we can use each other's support to tell us the truth and get past that false uh image that we've got going on that our disease is giving us, and so I just uh I just really appreciate that, that once we become aware of the delusion, or in this case, the lies, we can find the freedom from it. I thought that was a great view and I really appreciated it. And I think maybe that is why I found steps four, five, and six so amazingly freeing for me. Um, and I thank you and I pass.
1: Thank you, Judy. Karen and then
3: Jenny. I am Karen, compulsive overeater, emotional emotion reader. Um, you know, I like what what is said by some of these people, well, Therese Jacob Stewart about delusions, because yeah, my, my disease does lie to me, but um, I really like Stephanie Covington, what she has to say about that. And, um, and and to become, well, she uses the word willing, and which is everyone else is saying in, in one way or another, but um, willing and open to change, And then I really like the part where she says, willing to let go of habits or traits. And that, for me, makes it kind of simple because sometimes when I think of something like a trait, that feels overwhelming. I don't know why, but it just feels overwhelming. Whereas to me, uh, a habit is something that can be changed. I mean, I have to be willing to become aware of something that's a habit and not listen to my disease, but it's a habit. I learned it, I can unlearn it. I started to do it, I can stop doing it. Whereas to me, a trait, I don't, I guess I'm just not really, a habit does become a trait, but I don't know. It's just, um, I I just feel a little overwhelmed by that idea. But definitely my habits have caused my life to be unbalanced. And I like the idea of like trying to get my life into balance. I guess I have, that's all I have to say on that. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Karen. Jenny?
2: Um, What I, I like the Sergei Prengel or however you say his name, um, a little blip of interpretation there, just like using these um, character defaults to deal with something that feels overwhelming. And it just makes me think about how this has become so, my disease has become so exploded with this, you know, it's like what becomes overwhelming, it's not like a diagnosis of cancer, it's like somebody snapped at me. And it's just how my reaction, you know, of how I take care of myself, it's for the little little, tiny things as well as the big things. And I feel like, you know, the whole program, but also step six is just realizing how much, you know, my reactions get blown out of proportion. And, I just really like the idea. I love the idea of taking a pause. Like that's like the biggest thing I've gotten out of 12 step and OA is taking a pause. And I feel like step six is part of this. It's kind of like, you know, getting to recognize those character defaults or, you know, defensive behaviors and stepping back for a second and saying, wow, where's this coming from? And so I like step six in that we're getting ready to be able to do that a little more often, you know? So I do, I like all of the interpretations. I mean, there's like, of course, there's always something in all of them that appeal to me and help me understand it better. Uh, But today I'm just thinking about, um, you know, Sergey Pringle saying, and it's possible to replace them with something else that fulfills the same function, you know, and that's like, even practically it's like, I don't have to like eat over something that is upsetting. I can go take a walk or play with my dogs or like whatever. I have substitute behaviors that I can start pulling on pass.
7: Thank you, Jenny. Melissa. Hey everybody. Um, I liked a little bit of all of these as usual. <laughs> um, but one of the things that really made me pause was the a uh, verbiage in Martha Cleveland, where it says, when we stop using shortcomings to quiet fear and anxiety. And I just thought that doesn't make any sense to me. How do I use shortcomings to quiet um, fear and anxiety? I mean, I understand the overeating, you know, using food to calm my fear, but I also was listening to this podcast in which they were talking about anxiety itself as a coping mechanism. And I had never heard that before. I thought that was really interesting that the, um, act of being anxious made us not, uh, look at our deeper fears and food certainly has been that for me. And so like, if I'm stewing constantly about my weight or my obsession with food, it doesn't, um, it crowds out all my other fears and thoughts or it tries to. Um, So I liked looking at that um, in that way. I don't like when she says when we use strength to accept our fright, because to me, that's never been the right tool. Like I, I can't use strength to fight my fears. Um, But I can use acceptance to fight my fears. And so then that brings me to the Therese Jacob Stewart when she talks about mindfulness, because that has been probably my best tool of all um to look at and um accept my issues with food. And then um it goes on Therese Jacob Stewart goes on to say that uh we will cut through the delusion and I feel feel like that is not happened to me yet. Like a little bit. I understand that. And maybe that's the spiritual awakening where I realize that these patterns are bad for me, but it's really hard to make that leap from. I know these patterns are back, bad for me. I see where they're coming from. I can even stop myself before I want to do one of these behaviors but it's really hard to change the behavior. So that's been um, been the sticking point for me and why, uh, I mean, OA has been really helpful because I use the actions and the tools of OA, but just becoming aware of these delusions does not help me change the patterns of the delusion. And then with Gabor Mate, he talks about who we really are is not necessarily our behavior. And that has been helpful too, to realize that, my my identity has really been caught up with food. And now that I've been abstinent, I can see it much more clearly. Like when friends are talking about, let's go do this. I'm like, yeah, we used to do that a lot. Um, and then, you know, my sister's talking about, a, you know, a thing that uh, is really important for all of our family holidays. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that thing anymore. And so it has made me really think about what is my identity and what's important to me. And some of those are hard to give up, but I've found ways to, to work around them. And um, then also I'm dealing with the surge. Pringle, replace them with something else. Well, you know, like nothing else is as good as food in my mind. And so trying to figure out what those things are has been a challenge. And I do like when I really want to go for the food, I just say, it's only going to make it worse. So, you know, do something that's a less effective stopgap measure in the interim, and then you can get back on course. Anyways, I'm going on and on, but those are my thoughts. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Melissa. That is all
1: the time we have for today. Thank you to everyone for participating in this group. Together, we get better.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit secularovereaters.org and consider making a donation.